You're about to experience Filling the Air with Words, version 2.0, honoring Jane Shannon, who co-created this conversational podcast. Keep America safe, that's what we got to do. On the Zoom line is the Northwest Boogie Cat, one of my favorite human beings in the world. Norman Sylvester. Hi, Norman. Thanks for joining us. What's up, Robert? It's good to see you, man. It's a new normal, man. It's really a weird thing. It's almost like we're in a movie. I know. Well, we kind of are right now. I've never seen you wear a hat other than the one that you perform in. Yeah, the Boogie Cat Panama. Yeah, <laughs> the Boogie Cat <laughs> Panama. But uh, you're still looking great. And what I'd like to know. You're one of the busiest working musicians in this area. And what's, what's it like for you right now? Man, it's, it's really daunting because on April Fool's, the 1st of April, I looked at my calendar and I'm booked every weekend in April, every weekend with a, at least one or two weekday gigs. The Bravo Youth Orchestra, I'm doing an artist in residence with the Bravo youth orchestra, sixth, seventh, and eighth graders, they're learning two of my songs out of Clarendon School out of North Portland. That mm-hmm. program was completely shut down. They were going to do a concert, Revolution Hall, on the 5th of April. That went away. I was working for Healthcare for All Oregon doing the uh, Healing the Healthcare Blues concert at the Aladdin Theater on the 25th of April. That went away. Mm-hmm. So that whole... Uh, the mission of April is gone, man. I just sent out texts to all my club owners to confirm that I'm off for April. But we're going to April 30th for the shutoff date of this uh, stay at home and save lives, which I think is really important, important to the community. And we need it to keep from spiking in this whole coronavirus thing, man. So uh, I'm willing to do whatever it takes. But, you know, it is devastating to me to lose that many gigs because I love playing live music. I love making people smile and coming through this thing, man, people are going to really need artists, man, to help them come back to the energy of life and love, you know? I do. You've been filling in when you can on on Facebook and doing Mm -hmm. some amazing things. So just uh, check out Norman Sylvester on Facebook for some great back porch. You got some back porch stuff going on. Yeah, I wrote a song that I haven't done online yet. I probably won't do it, but it's called Expressing My Feelings. And here's a verse from it. It says, I'm listening to the updates on the morning news. When the broadcast is over, I'm still confused. Expressing my feelings, wondering why there's no vaccine. Let the scientists do their job. Hope is what we need. What I'm gathering from talking with people and reading the news and sometimes watching the news is that this thing is probably not going to be over until there is a vaccine. Yes, that's true. I, I agree, man. And, you know, um, our president, and you know, I'm just saying, you know, just as a person, he says he's a wartime president with no, what is his strategy? It's no time for politics, power, or greed. Expressing my feelings. I got the COVID-19 blues. Sitting in my backyard, waiting for some good news. You know, back to the gig thing. and. 
musicians in this community, you're taking a double hit, obviously. Yeah. You're taking a huge loss of income. Plus, you're taking, I mean, am I right to say that this is eating at your heart too? Because you get so much joy. I mean, it's obvious from watching you on stage. You get so much joy and it feeds your heart and your soul to be up there mm -hmm. playing in front of folks. No doubt, man, it does. And when I dress up and, you know, go on Facebook and play that back porch stuff that I'm doing and trying to put some positive words out there, because it's not about me. I posted something this morning, which was a little PSA that says it's about us right. working together, you know, and I, when I put on that red suit and go out to my studio and the other day I put on a purple suit and went out mm -hmm. to my studio. <laughs> it just kind of kind of pulled me back into it. But I really do miss the platform of live music because, you know, I've been doing it in Portland uh, for 40 plus, 45 plus years. I really feel for musicians that play music full time and that's their only income. Right. You know, I do have Social Security and I got a pension from Teamsters and stuff. So God has blessed me with that. But I, I paid my dues to get it. But I do truly miss the uh, the platform of live music. Uh, we got so many great musicians in Portland that's, you know, just sitting at home. I see their stories on uh, Facebook and their, their concerts and Venmo uh, and PayPal and all that stuff. And. And I really appreciate folks donating to those musicians because they are really um, probably struggling as well with rent and car notes and all that kind of stuff, you know. Yeah, it's a tough situation, I think, for any creative. Um, and the musician community, as you know, is a, a community that's very close to my heart. I've worked with yeah. lots and lots of musicians, and I'm blessed and thankful. And as you said, the level of talent here is just extraordinary. It's extraordinary. And, you know, it's like the, it's the energy, man, that we had, the nucleus. We were just rolling, man, like in Portland, like, I th thought everything was just booming for his clubs. People were coming out. I was getting a cross-generation audience, you know, and I was and everything was really rolling, man. Now, I think that when we come through this thing, we're going to have uh, people that's really going to be needing to have that feeling again, you know, to come out and be comfortable outside of their homes and doing what they did before. But it's going it's to have a little... Uh, collateral damage for a minute. The one thing that really has thrown me since the lockdown, shut down, stay at home, stay in place, whatever you want to call it, was mm -hmm. the blues festival here. Oh, man. Canceled. I mean, because I mean, that, that's like, that's like your thing. You're playing in front of like 10, 15,000 people every year. The biggest I, platform for local musicians to, uh, regional musicians, I call them, uh, to be in the company of all the national touring acts with their name on the bill. You know what I'm saying? Yep. Uh, that's just huge. I played the first one in 1987, man, and I've only missed about three of them since then. And I look forward to it every year because it makes you bring more than your A game. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. More than your A game. It makes you step up to um, another level. But quick story about being shut down. I have a bunch of guitars, right? Yep. So they're all ladies, right? <laughs> yep. So I'm, I've been taking each one out each day and playing them. And I'm, I'm, I got these new love affairs with some guitars I haven't played in a while. So 
now I'm having a new, I get a new tone, new feeling on this particular guitar. So I'm able to find the new loves, you know, cause usually when I take one to the gig and one stays at home, I can kind of feel the one that's left at home talking to me as I walk out the door. <laughs> like it's being portrayed, you know. It didn't yeah. take me. <laughs> and and these guitars have names, right? Well, you, they all got names, man. They all, all got names. So who are the who are the two lead? Uh, let's get off this COVID nineteen thing for a minute and just talk about your guitars because I've I've been to your house a couple times and I've seen mm-hmm. a lot of your guitars and I know you were a huge fan and played with B.B. King, whose guitar was Lucille. I've Lucille. never a- I've never asked you the names of your guitars. I think it's a good time to do that. The uh, white get stra- the, uh, squ- Squire Strat is uh, Funkalina. <laughs> I love, you know, playing those funk chops on her. And uh, the uh, red guitar, the uh, GNL, uh, Fender GNL, that's the one that they had on it side of the TriMed bus when I was featured on the TriMed bus. That's um, Honey. And that was my mother's nickname was Honey. Aww. And then I have a James Tressant uh, custom uh, guitar that's a, a Stratocaster, but it's all steel. It's called a Steelcaster. The post I posted on Facebook today when I'm talking with the PSA, I'm playing that. And that's Sweet Thing. Mm. And, and that was my daughter... And my two nieces back in 1987, they were called the Sweet Things. So the Tresant uh, is Sweet Thing. Oh, that's nice. And so who are the two main contenders when you go out and gig? Who, who are Usually the... I take uh, a Funkalina and Honey with me. Nice. The, the, um, the, the Steelcaster is too expensive to just sit on the rack and leave on the stage <laughs> and walk away from it. Yeah. So I have to be on a big stage to put the uh, expensive guitar out there because it's you know, way out of harm's way. You know, I was remembering just last summer, which seems like about a hundred years ago, right? At now. least, at least. And when you were playing the big stage at the Blues Festival, and I had access to be up on stage with you, and it was amazing. And and, and that's the kind of thing, you know, I, I think about that kind of setting, which was mm-hmm. something we were incredibly used to. Yes. And I don't know if you're watching reruns of old Blazers games or reruns of any sports. Mm-hmm. You know, when you see these big crowds of people, it's it's one of those things. And you mentioned this a little earlier, how once this is all over and done with, we're mm-hmm. going to all want to get back to that. Yes. But under these circumstances, does it strike you that it might be really hard for people to start getting out because maybe they won't be trusting that everything's going to be okay? Oh, it will be, man, especially for the age group that's mostly at risk. You know, I think it's going to be a minute before they say, okay, it's totally gone or the vaccine is working or because I heard a newscast last night to say somewhere overseas or somewhere it came back on them. Right. Just when they level out, they had more cases. So the news is driving the uh, whole fear thing, but we got to have the news for updates, you know. So, but the graphic pictures that they show of New York and the, the freezer trucks outside of the hospital and that kind of stuff is just too much. A lot of people I've talked to have, have said that they are making a conscious decision to limit 
they're oh yeah it's pretty easy to get sucked into cnn or msnbc or even fox and, right. and just kind of watch this and there are several people i've talked to who've compared this to like a slow moving 9-11 you know there's just mm-hmm. this kind of thing that's always out there and it's tough it's tough to watch and and i think that self-care uh, at least for me revolves around trying to limit my intake what are you doing for self-care I have at least a part of the day where I get the um, phone out and I put it on uh, that meditation music, mind space or brain space, whatever it is on YouTube, uh-huh. where the uh, waterfalls is falling, the birds is singing, and I'll sit in my chair with my headphones and I'll just listen to that for a while and take a nap. And it's like going on a vacation, you know, because I don't really listen to as much as I used to CNN and through the impeachment and all that stuff. As far as the current looping of what's going on and the picture coming back, and man, that's like brainwashing. You got to stay away from that. So I'm looking at Gunsmoke, Perry Mason, you know, Artie Murphy, some of the old cowboy movies, uh, Good, Bad, Ugly, you know, all that kind of cowboy stuff. I love cowboy movies. So, you know, I'm getting through it. Uh, you know, I got my, my beautiful wife's cooking everything we can eat around here and um you know <laughs> yesterday she cooked three different meals i wanted a chicken sandwich she wanted a hoagie sandwich and my, she made my son a homemade pizza so we all sit at the counter with three different meals so you know <laughs> and and just before you uh, uh called me for this interview i went back in time man my mother in louisiana when i was a kid and my grandmother they used to make jello whoa strawberry jello and back in those days, they put fruit cocktail in it when it got almost solid. Yeah. And I've been putting peaches and stuff like that in the jello. So that keeps me from eating the ice cream. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, you posted something last week, uh, and I loved it. It was you, because I know you're a really in good shape and work out a lot. Yeah. And you had a picture you. of yourself with barbells to keep yourself yeah. from going to the fridge. Like yeah, I, I said I created an obstacle course <laughs> ahead of my refrigerator. So I was doing like a push-ups on the stairway, and my wife piled up a bunch of chairs in front of the, the refrigerator to keep me out, and I was reaching for it with a red suit on. So it was just to let people know that, you know, you can do push-ups off of your counter in your kitchen, you know what I'm saying? Right. And you can hold on to the countertop and do squats. Mm-hmm. You know, and you on your way up the stairway, just drop and, and pump out about 50 push-ups. <laughs> you, Easy you for you to say. <laughs> <laughs> just head on up the stairs, man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I can't remember the last time I did 50 push-ups. It was probably in junior high school. I don't know. But you, you can still knock off 50 push-ups? Oh, right on the stairway, yeah. I can push up 50. Wow. wow. Yeah. That's amazing. I mean, as I said at the beginning of our discussion, what was that? That was a, one of my clubs saying, yes, we're closed for April. Hello, everybody. This is Boogie Cat. Just like you, I'm stuck at home trying to do the best I can to keep the community safe. I'm doing a few postings and none of this is about me, it's all about us. Working together to get through this virus. 
a lot of folks out there from the custodians at the hospitals to the truckers on the road to all the first responders that are essential to our lifestyle as Americans. So keep America safe. Stay at home and save lives. Because Boogie Cat is looking forward to partying with you real soon. Meow, meow. Back to the situation. You are truly, and I know you won't take offense to this, the elder statesman of probably the Pacific Northwest music scene. Well, yeah, I think I'm at the top. Mel Brown is uh, a little older than me, Mel and I. Uh, you know, we, we're the oldest, I think, that's out here right now. I got <laughs> It's all going to hell, man. <laughs> that's all right. This is where I'm thankful we're not live, right? Being the most or one of the most experienced professional musicians in the Pacific Northwest and probably the United States, what do you say to all of the hundreds, thousands of musicians who might be listening to this? What kind of advice do you give them to, to weather this COVID-19 thing? Well, I think it's a wonderful time to uh, woodshed. And um, one thing about this, uh, being close down with family in the house, a lot of times the professional musicians are packing out the door headed somewhere. Right. But through the, um, the closeness of being around family, now you take like when uh, you have a day and you've been all in the house and then everybody goes to bed and you're left up. At that point, your mind opens up. You can get your guitar, you can sit somewhere, whatever you have, uh, whatever music you're doing. And um, most things you can headphone and do that kind of stuff. Um, I have a little small amplifier that I can just put headphones on. And you, your mind opens up. So I've been trying to write some new songs. I've been trying to write something that can reach out to people, you know, and uh, also reach into my soul. And I found some stuff that I didn't know that I could play, mm. you know, so I'm going to plateaus there as well. And I'm also trying to play stuff I haven't played mm. in a long time. So challenge, but during this time you're down, challenge yourself and take that energy from being with your family or being with your loved one or your partner or your mate or your friend, whoever you're in with. And that energy you can transpose into the energy to your music, you know, and that'll get you through it. But the main thing you got to do is come outside at night. If the stars are out, just come outside and look up at the stars and you realize how small and minimal we are in the scheme of things and how important it is for us to be as grand as we can be in our art. So that's what we want to do. Take time now to energize. And when we pop back out here and start playing music, people are really going to need it, man. So I say to the musicians and the female vocalists and male vocalists and whatever instruments you play, we're just going to be ready to just come out the blocks and start healing people with our art. That's what I would say, you know, music, of course, the is a fun and healing thing. And the business of music can be stressful, but the end result is that we create our art form. And when we're on stage with our bandmates, we're thinking with the same brain. And that is a wonderful thing, man, to all be on that stage, breathing like a machine with the same groove and everybody contributing. You know, that if we could get our politicians to work like that, man, <laughs> It would be a perfect world, man. Just just same brain thinking. It's like when the symphony works together with that 
that chart in front of them and they making that that symphony music pop man and the directors it's it's a wonderful thing because all of those people are on the same using the same brain they're breathing together man like a machine and hey that unity that music and art creates man it cannot be replaced from what i'm seeing on social media a lot of the musicians here and elsewhere are trying to get that feeling out into the world right now. Yeah. But you know this way better than I do. There's nothing like a live performance. Right, that's true. And because it, it creates a whole different thing because the, the drive that we have inside of us, sometimes it elevates us to a, a level that we didn't know was there. That's that spiritual moment on stage when the hair stands up on the back of your neck, when you hit a, a particular lick and you say, oh, I like that. <laughs> then you well up in tears when you say a certain verse of a song and you have to choke it down so you don't cry in front of people. You know what I'm saying? I do. So it goes both ways. So those moments can happen on stage and those are just magical, magical moments. Well, I know you're a spiritual person and how is that helping you through all of this right now? I was raised uh, to believe in a higher power. I was baptized at seven. I've been baptized three times. I was baptized uh, into the Catholic Church when I, my first marriage. And I think I was, yeah, I was baptized in high school in the Church of God in Christ. You know, and I believe in Christianity. I believe that there's a force that watches over us. People can call it a universal force. They can call it Jesus Christ or whoever. But you got to believe in something, man. You know, you got to believe, have that blind faith in something that's spiritual other than yourself and money and getting more money and getting more worldly goods. Because at the end of the day, we can't take none of this stuff with us. You know, so we just have to believe that we are the power and we are driven by the belief in a higher power than us. That helps us through down times. It helps me through down times, man. I, I can close my eyes and hear my grandmother singing in the kitchen in Louisiana on the farm as she's baking biscuits or doing something first thing in the morning. She bake fresh biscuits every, every morning, man, from scratch. Wow. That's what she did. Yeah. Singing gospel songs, man, on a, back in my, when I was a child on a wood stove, you know, so we churn and go out and milk the cow and churn the milk and get the fresh butter. Fresh butter would go on the fresh biscuits. And all of that stuff was, I was raised to believe, especially in Louisiana and being a farmer, she owns a 112 acre farm and my uncle owns 600 acres. They believed the land was spiritual. Yeah. You know, what came from the land, the bounty of the land was the bounty of the Lord. And that kept us strong. So that spiritual belief of just, that was surrounded with it when I was a kid. So in my quiet times, I'm always in my quiet voice invoking that for strength to get me through three times you've been baptized three times man i don't think i've ever talked to anybody who's been baptized three times yeah i guess i wasn't clean enough the first time <laughs> <laughs> well that may explain why you're such a that, that may explain why you're such a wonderful human being man three times that's really good is there anything else you can relate this to in your history here on the planet? I relate this to the down times that I felt during the civil rights days. You know, like you feel like things are not going to get any better and you don't know when. 
you know, like I lived through the assassination of Martin Luther King, Robert Kennedy, JFK, the whole thing, you know, all through that stuff. And each period after that period was down and dark. But through my life, I've noticed that things come back to normal. Each time we came through and we all came back together and the unity that derived from this pandemic that we're experiencing now nationwide and people staying home and saving lives and and reaching out and random acts of kindness reaching out to people is a wonderful thing and we will continue this unity on past this pandemic and you know don't think about the right side and the left side just think of we the people as being together and we will survive this thing and carry it on into the future and on the other side, all us artists, I don't care if you're an artist with a paintbrush or artist with video or artist with an instrument or with your voice, whatever you do for the community, we'll be back into those areas doing what we need to do to keep our community strong, man. I'm so proud of uh, the whole country, man, for hanging in there and just trying to help us get through this thing. It's a great place to leave it. I'm proud to call you my friend Norman Sylvester, and you can find out more about Norman by going to normansylvester.com. He's very present on Facebook. Any any place else people can find out about you? Well, you know, they can get my CDs on, you know, anywhere around, like on uh, iTunes and CD Baby, but just support your artists around you. You know, they're there to help us uh, smile and embrace us with their art. So just, we love you. And Robert, I love you, brother. You're, you're a wonderful man. And I love what you do. Your mission is a wonderful thing. So thank you so very much. I got you, my friend. You've been listening to Filling the Air with Words, version 2.0. Find us on Facebook, SoundCloud, and Twitter. Dedicated to the life and memory of our friend Jane Shannon. Well, I believe in you. We're gonna make it through. I believe in you, Paul and Argan. We're gonna make it through. Yeah, it's gonna be alright. It's gonna be alright. Well, I believe in you. Oh, Lord, we're gonna make it through. Well, I believe in you, Paul and Argan. Now. We gon' make it through